everybody, welcome to the Food for Thought podcast, where we're all about getting the body to burn fat as a primary source of fuel. And we're here to talk about the OFM, a hard reset. And that's the, the process of teaching your body to burn fat for fuel. I'm here with the lovely Naomi Land and the Hello. super guru, Peter Defty. Hi there. Today, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the hard reset. Yes. Peter, would you like to explain why we need to do a hard reset and what a hard reset is? Okay. Well, um, and I'm going to not kiss and tell about what we were talking about before. So yeah, that's, the hard, that's a surprise that, for later. <laughs> yeah. The, the, hard, the hard reset is the first tier, basically the first tier of the OFM pyramid, which is getting the body back to that fat-adapted metabolic state. And I say back because, um, as I've said before, our bodies are meant to burn fat as, their, as the energy source for, for the aerobic spectrum, which is most of our daily, nightly activity levels, whether we're sleeping, walking, resting, or performing in athletics, we should be burning fat for that aerobic spectrum. So we got to get our body back to that. And as most people know, we've been told to consume a lot of carbohydrates because you need glucose to fuel your brain, to fuel your high-end performance. And this is what the conventional wisdom has said for the last 30, 40 years, except for one thing. It's wrong. And I'm not trying to say that or be an expert. It's just when you look at it from an anthropological standpoint, a physiology standpoint, when you look at it across animal species, whether it's a, a ruminant like a dairy cow or a beef cow or even a gorilla, these, these animals, even though they're plant eaters, they're actually fat burners because they get the fat from the bacteria that breaks down the plants they eat and converts it into fatty acids. Now, human nutrition is a much different subject because our digestive system is very different from these animals. So we're not going to go in that today, but we need to get our bodies back to burning fat as fuel because if we have too much sugar in our diets and we exercise in a way that forces us to burn sugar and we're stressed out in our lives, we end up burning sugar, which is our fight or flight fuel. And while we have a two, two and a half hour supply of that in the form of glycogen, that's really not what we're meant to burn. Can you talk about what happens if an athlete, even though they're performing well's primary fuel source is glucose, you know, what happens to the body? Okay, let's start with a, a one concept I want to say here to the audience today, and I want the, them to really take this home, and that is fasting glucose levels, that um, 75 to 95 to 100 uh, milligrams per deciliter, and I can't remember what it is in Australia, but I think it's like five or six millimolars. Um, I'd have to do the conversion, but anyway, fasting blood sugar, they don't, you don't have to know these numbers, just fasting blood sugar in a human male amounts to one teaspoon of sugar is glucose in circulation. Okay, I want people to just hold that, a one teaspoon image of sugar. And that's what your body likes. That's what's ideal. Okay, so add two or three teaspoons, not a big deal. Your body can handle it. But a banana alone is five or six teaspoons. A Coke, can of Coke is seven or eight. And those are the obvious ones. 
but you start going with a bowl of oatmeal. I don't care if it's steel cut or instant. All of a sudden, you're talking 10, 12 teaspoons. A plate of pasta the night before your event, you're talking about literally mainlining your body with glucose. So this is the problem. When you, when you give yourself that much glucose, you're giving yourself a toxic glucose load. But fortunately, we have this very elegant system that we evolved to have of, of maintaining glucose levels by driving it down. And it's very complex. I mean, our body just basically goes into crisis management and everything else stops to drive the glucose down. So now we burn glucose for our muscle energy for our brain. We shut off making ketones and even glucose in our liver to supply that brain and nervous system function. We start converting some of that glucose into fat and it turns into the wrong kind of fats and cholesterols, the VLDLs and triglycerides. Um, we glycate, um, start glycating the glucose to lipoproteins in the blood, which is very, very bad because it causes all kinds of inflammation and stress on the body. It can cause mutations um, because these glycated lipoproteins now oxidize real easily. They can be termed as free radicals. People talk about free radicals. And, and so with OFM, we're trying to get your body back to burning fat, and you have to restrict the carbohydrates as one of the key ways, strategies to do this. And now we're not, you know, we're not discounting exercise because that's why we're in this, because we do feel exercise is great. But I also want to state here, and I, I've said this several times, I'll say it again, but in all my thinking and reading and watching athletes um, and working with them, I've come to the opinion that no matter what sport you're doing, if you're using glucose as your primary energy source to fuel your performance and you're doing a volume of exercise, I'm not talking recreation, but volume of exercise, so serious about your sport, if you're burning glucose to fuel your sport, you're probably doing yourself more long-term harm than good. Okay, exercise is great, don't get me wrong there, but if you're doing a lot of exercise, and your sugar burner, you're going to have to fuel that with massive amounts of carbohydrates, which is essentially sugar. And so that has a bunch of unintended consequences we won't get in today. But, however, if you get your body back to burning fat as the main fuel source for aerobic activity, the exercise actually fuels some pretty remarkable results. Like, and that's what we're seeing with this OFM program. So it doesn't take very long for some people, does it, Pete? No, it doesn't. Now, usually it takes um, anywhere between two to three days to two to three weeks, depending on on who you are. So a, a young, uh, fit male who's got a pretty good volume of exercise all right and is eating a fair amount of protein, um, probably you'll go through three to five days of feeling off uh, to get adapted, um, whereas, say, somebody in their 30s or 40s, particularly a female, and depending on where they are in their, their cycle, it could take them two to three weeks um, to, to, for that body to make that shift because you have to let the, the insulin levels come down because what you're doing at that point is you're taking away the, the energy source your body's used to and adapted to, and until that insulin level gets down for your body to start making ketones and, and triggering beta-oxidation and gluconeogenesis, it can't tap into the energy source you have on board. 
Can you talk a little bit about if you have a lot of metabolic damage and your system's pretty broken, about how it, it takes a little longer in having patience, and also talk about the stress involved, how that, that affects the hard reset. Yeah, well, yeah, in a perfect world, people would just cut their carbs and um, take a Vespa and, you know, a couple weeks later, they'd be on their way, right? But um, it's it's very complex. And so, uh, as I was saying earlier, if you're doing a lot of exercise and fueling it with massive amounts of uh, carbohydrates, which is essentially sugar... Uh, these unintended consequences will take hold, and depending on a variety of factors uh, and also time, if you've been doing this for years, you wind up with a lot of damage. And it's not a question of if, it's when and where. I mean, some people get GI distress, some people start getting injured, some people have these wild energy swings, um, others get cancer. Um, I love uh, the response that somebody excerpted of an article I wrote where I was quoting uh, Nancy Clark about no pizza, no pasta, no birthday cake, no fun. And I said, yeah, well, what about metabolic syndrome, diabetes, and cancer? How fun is that? Um, because that's that's essentially what, what can develop over time. And it's just depending on the person's circumstances and their genetic makeup, it's just which which hand they're going to end up with in terms of the metabolic damage. So if they have metabolic damage, you've got to look at those. Um, you've got to identify what's going on to help make that reset possible and address it. There's also a lot of, of what we see a lot of is there's a lot of subclinical hypothyroid out there. I mean, not just diagnosed hypothyroid, but subclinical hypothyroid, which means... It's people have hypothyroid and their thyroid's not working right because of the massive carbs and the leafy greens, um, but they're just not diagnosed yet. Can you talk a little and bit? And this can be um, normal. Sorry, Steph. Oh, no, go ahead, Naomi. Um, this can be normal people. <laughs> this can be normal people too, Pete. Is that right? Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, the hypothyroid is, is, like I said, it's subclinical, and people just mask it with caffeine, and, and you know, they're, they're having to have their little snacks for the day, and it just kind of progressively will get worse. So, you know, you have to identify these um, underlying conditions and then address them to get to get you know to figure out a strategy because if you don't have those addressed a lot of times this the the fat adaptation won't work because if you're in a stress point especially if you're a female it's very difficult for your body to trigger it to burn fat because it goes in that fight or flight mode and wants to burn sugar and it wants to store the fat rather than let it go yes yeah. Peter, can you talk and we've seen that in a lot of people haven't oh we? yeah 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 I've seen people who have a lot of stress in their life and don't have that under control, but they, they really, their body won't reset. Is that true or is that the case, Peter? Yeah, unless you vetted all these underlying um, conditions, um, people are going to have a hard time getting to reset. And we, I've had a few people I've worked with that I just ne haven't been able to reset and I've never been able to quite figure out why and I don't think I was getting full information um, from some of these people on their diet or what they did in their earlier life but I'm not blaming them it just didn't work out um, but I, I, I never had any real clear idea of what could have happened but for most people, it's it's that aha moment, just like when with you, Steph, when we started working together I mean, you've been doing this for years and, and got on the fat 
bandwagon with when I, you know, when Ben saw the light after he talked to me, Steve Finney, and then finally Peter Atia, right? Right. And then we started working together. So I was able, by working together, we were able to one by one eliminate some of those little conditions. And that final one was getting your vitamin D levels up because, you know, you kind of thought living in Arizona, how could your vitamin D be low? But then we, we put the mega dosing protocol in place and kaboom. But that and uh, also lowering my protein. So that was another yeah, little yeah. tweak was that I had too right, much protein. But, to... right, but what I was saying is we, yeah. we just vetted these things one by right. one. But, you know, as you as we vetted one, the other the other things you had going on, there's probably a lot of other things you had going on. Like you said, you were a metabolic wreck. They probably got cured themselves as they went along. And I, I and even with Naomi, when she did the ride this year, the Tour de Cure, before she broke her hand, got some bugs in her and all that, she was you know, offer thyroid meds and writing really well. Isn't that the case? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was quite amazing. Yeah. So, um, I think uh, let's talk a little bit about how the OFM program and the hard research, just the start of the, the OFM program and how it's a holistic approach to, to health in the body. Yeah. Yeah. I first want to back up a little bit. One of the things, the, the, we need the audience to know is the hard reset. It's not just about sharply restricting your carbohydrates to that level that's going to induce um, that physiological shift to fat as fuel. And it can be nutritional ketosis. It doesn't have to be necessarily, but you're going to be closer at. And we we tend to go for those symptoms. But I also want people to understand that you don't want to try and exercise during this time. You want to take it easy. And if you're in the middle of your season and training, then there's another way that we call our triage way that we're just going to do the best we can during your season. And then when you get off your season or after a big Ironman or an ultra or a big event where you really have pushed yourself, then you can really cut the carbs down in recovery to help reset yourself. So don't don't do this if and try and exercise through. Don't try to do this if you're already well into your season. Right. Like any and like with any program, when you're training for an event, you don't introduce anything new in the middle of training. <laughs> so, well we'll do we can do triage. But step. triage, but the like the not not uh, wholesale changes. Right, right. Yeah, this is a big change and, and um the, the the way we really got to look at it is is it's becoming more and more obvious in the research circle that that carbohydrates is sugar and sugar is basically an addictive drug so what what happens during the first initial phase of hard reset if it's done right for a lot of people can be a, akin to substance withdrawal so and we're not just talking nicotine alcohol caffeine we're talking heroin, heroin amphetamines uh, it just it's it can be very nasty and you can be debilitated literally on the couch where lifting the remote control can be a chore so because um, like I said, you're taking away the energy source your body's used to, uh, and until your insulin levels come down, you're not going to be able to tap into the energy source you're trying to go to. Right. Yes, that's right. And you can have headaches and um, really like itchy skin, all sorts of um, side effects from it, can't yeah, you? Yeah, pretty crazy side effects. Yeah, yeah. And that's just your body withdrawing from um, an addiction, really, isn't it? 
So, um, so we have the OFM program developed, Pete. So, would you like to give um, some little insights to what they get um, on the OFM program in a hard reset, without giving away too much information? Well, um, you know, we're 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 all about giving it away, but the problem is 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 there's so much to this, and I can talk all night about this. So, um, you know, the, the whole idea of having a program that people can purchase is to give them a program, a schedule they can follow, some instructions they can follow, whereas we're, I'm going to talk about the science, how we developed it, and some of the elements so people can wrap their head around it. Because, you know, a lot of the, the idea of this podcast is to inform people. And so when they're doing their training or they're driving to work, um, you guys can kind of take in what we're about because this is basically heresy. The audience needs to know that it's okay to not be very sure about this um, because there was a time when the earth was thought to be flat and most people believed it. And uh, so for all you flat earthers out there, the game's changed. And um, the research is just now starting to emerge that, that really kind of supports what we've been saying and doing for the last seven, eight years, and even longer, um, about this whole idea that fat really is your fuel. Right. And the OFM program that if you sign up for it, it's, it is just a step-by-step -step program that helps you every single day. And we also offer support through a, a closed group on Facebook to really um, give people the resources that to help them along the way because uh, it can be a lot harder for some people than others. Yeah, and there's there's yeah. there's 101 ways to get this this thing wrong because, um, as I said earlier, it's it's it. I wish it could be as easy as cutting your carbs down to 30 or 50 grams a day, taking a Vespa a couple times a day, and you'll be right. But it doesn't work that way. There's all kinds of things. People just don't understand that how much fat to bring in, or a lot of times because of the underlying fear of fat, they'll bring in too much protein. Um, they won't get the carbs down enough because they think some of the certain foods they're eating aren't high carb when they are. Um, Another thing is people don't bring enough salt and magnesium um, back into their diets because we've been told to be f fearful of salt. And when you make that adaptation, your kidneys start to excrete all that excess fluid you're carrying. Right. So, that's, a, that's a pretty big adjustment. I When I first started uh, uh, to try to become fat adapted, actually, before I met you, uh, my hair fell out. So, And I think it was – I read some stuff on uh, – uh, by Dr. Eads about th that that can happen. And I think, you know, and it all grew back. But, you know, changing your diet, changing everything about the way your body works with their nutrition, there's some, like Naomi said, some pretty weird things that, that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away here. And there's nothing really to give away. It's just there's just a lot of different ways to, to make sure to do it right. And we give you a step-by-step -step and some monitoring and a lot of support within that. And, and like I said, there's pretty much all that information is on the Vespa Power website, but you have to go in there and figure it out. And, and while a lot of people enjoy uh, geeking out on the science and reading it, putting it all together is a whole other um, 
thing. And, and, and the other thing about OFM is it's individualized. So we're giving you a program and steps, but we're also empowering you with information so you can figure out how to individualize that for yourself. And, and say you're a working professional and you want to get some coaching and some individualized stuff, we have um, – of component of the program, which will give you consulting. We will have some questionnaires and, and medical testing so that we can help you um, individualize the program, the hard reset, and then the programs that follow thereafter so you can get on that OFM pathway and, and, and really tailor um, OFM for your needs because one of the goals I've always had is you you want to make the program doable because if it's not doable you're not going to do it on the long term. So most people they if they can't make it work in this the realm of their lifestyle and you have to change everything around to to meet the program it's just not going to happen. And um, I found that with making people aware, giving them information, and in, in, in my development of this, talking with people, we've always found really doable ways um, that cut across different sports, cultural, ethnic, socioeconomic things to make it work. That sounds great. And Peter, can we talk a little bit about the OFM part is just the, the, the beginner to part of the program to get the body to burn fat for fuel. And then... You talked about the hard reset. I mean the hard reset. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Let's start over. The hard reset is uh, the way we're teaching the body to burn fat for fuel, but it still takes a while to become uh, the a zen, you know, the zen of OFM where it, everything happens, you know, naturally. So we have different phases of training programs that help folks... Um, step up from the OFM hard reset to the you know the introductory half marathon, half Ironman, Ironman, and that that part of the program. What's going on in the body whenever you you jump off from the hard reset to the first phase of training? Oh yeah, going from hard reset to transition. Yeah, you know, um, basically in in from our. Uh, empirical work with athletes, what I've seen, and this has been corroborated with conversation with Dr. Finney, um, when we've had our lunch brainstorming sessions, is is after you make that metabolic shift to fat as fuel, there's still another six to eight week time frame where the body upregulates hormones and enzymes to um, be able to um, burn um, burn fat at the high rates that we're seeing. So, you know, once you make that shift on the hard reset, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be great in two or three weeks. You're just not going to be climbing the walls. You'll, you won't, you'll be, have steady energy. You'll notice the brain fog has, um, you know, cleared and all that, but, but then you'll, you'll also note that you don't still have that power. So I want the audience to think of OFM as a journey. So you've made that first bit of the journey and it's going to be a long, very fascinating journey. So then you've got the next six, eight weeks. And then once, once you get through that, you're really at that point where you can really ramp up your training and train and live. But then at that point, your training can be ramped up and you can train actually probably at a higher level 
um, than before. But the caveat there is still the behavioral changes haven't taken place. You're still thinking about what to eat, how to think and all that. So what we see is generally is six months to a year and a half, two years before people really get to the point where they don't think about it. Like, you know, after a year, year and a half, they notice they're just not thinking about it as much. They know what to eat, when to train, how they're feeling. Um, and then they also start to know subtle things like their, their relationships are better. Like, Several people say, "Oh, their spouses say, oh, you're not you're not as cranky all the time, or your mood's better, or whatever." And or and they notice they're more focused and relaxed, and things don't agitate them. And and the 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 whole thing about getting off the stress is a key thing you have to be aware of. And 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 being aware means just allowing your body to do it. But then as you become more and more fat adapted, the physiology will also help drive the ability to deal with stress in a, in a much less stressful way because you're not having the ups and downs in glucose, so your blood sugar stable, because just that up and down of glucose levels without the ketones to help back them up is going to cause physiological and also mental and emotional stress. It sounds good. And Peter, can you talk a little bit about the different programs that we will have for, uh, for athletes that... Like we talked about before, about initially the first phase of training, the we're going to have different training plans for different phases of training. So when you first start OFM and uh, there's the, the phases that are lower volume, lower intensity, but as you adapt, we'll have harder training programs that adapt with you. Yes, and, and as I said just earlier here, this is a very individualized thing, so it'll work for any sport. We're just going to tailor it to whatever sport that person's doing, whatever exercise. You don't have to be an athlete um, in terms of being a sport because everybody's an athlete, right? If you're going to be physically active and off the couch, which, which is a key component of OFM, we don't want you to be couch potatoes because sitting around does nothing to create the adaptive stress you need to build mitochondria both in size and count because that's key and and the two things is the adaptive stress of exercise and the building blocks and nutrition and the fat burning to drive that adaptive stress so we want people to be active but if you garden all day or you are you're physically active in your work or you do things like you know go hiking or or any kind of activity can be considered exercise as far as OFM but then um you know what I my grand vision, for lack of anything else to say, is is we'll have a program uh, tailored for anybody. So even um, with a lot of people are thinking OFM is strictly an endurance sports program, and and Vespa and OFM are just for endurance sports. But um, we've got I've got athletes that are doing the high intensity sports. You know, boxing, jujitsu, um, strength and conditioning, CrossFit that are doing. OFM and Vespa, because Vespa is part of OFM, but they're doing OFM, and they're they're saying I'm killing it, and people just can't believe what I'm doing, and and that's because we're focusing on on the on not the front end stuff, not the obvious stuff, but that back end physiology to to build that really key foundation that that strength and conditioning guys guys are doing super quick, super high motor skills type of sports can also benefit from. That sounds good. And we'll have training programs for people who want to just get information of what specifically to do just to have general fitness and good health. 
Yeah, you know, and as you and as you said, Stephanie, you know, what we're going to do is we're we're going to try to save our little bit of the world. Right. Um, hopefully, right. hopefully we'll save the world, but but we'll save our little bit of the world. You know, anybody that's willing to listen, we can generally help. And and you know, like on this podcast, you'll be hearing a lot of different people, um, whom we've we've had some pretty successful and pretty incredible turnarounds. Right. Even and, people and Pete, that's from you know people like um, cancer patients through to heart patients, um, through to people with obesity and and then through athletes as well. Right. Yeah. People who appreciate it so much, they named their children after Peter because they didn't know they could have children and until Peter helped them get their health back on track. Yeah, well, thanks, Steph. <laughs> so yeah. that's pretty amazing when someone names their child after you because you help coach them. That's a that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, so that's kind of the the, the way we're going to do it. But that hard reset, this hard reset, is the first thing. And like we said, if you don't have the time right now to just take three to four days off and tell your wife you're going to be, or tell your spouse you're going to be grouchy and low energy and tell your coworkers you're not going to be productive and not exercise, don't do it. If you're in your training season, don't do it. But, you know, we, we've got that support on when to do it with the program. Right. So thanks everybody. And, uh, listen i hope you enjoy the rest of our interviews and we'll be giving on and off uh success stories and uh in addition to different areas of the ofm program to help you reach your goals thanks steph thanks naomi thank you